righty, welcome to another episode of Blank Perception. I'm your host, Uncle Garg, and today I am joined with Harsha. Harsha is not the guest. He's going to be um, kind of like a co-host, kind of backup for me throughout the episode. Uh, we're just doing the trial, seeing how it goes, you know. Um, let me know how you guys like it, you know, Instagram, YouTube comments, you know, let me know. If you guys like him, uh, I'll keep him around for future episodes. Uh but today, just something not like guest. a random person showing up on the show. I, I edit all the episodes, so like yeah, I'm working yeah. in the back end. He was uh he was the first guest for this podcast, and he's also the he's he's the person behind all the videos and stuff you see. Um, so big ups to him. Uh, so today our guest is a friend that we've both known for a very long time. Um, he was a a neighbor for both of us. Um, I think Harsha knew him a little bit better, which is another reason I have him here today is, um, you know, I think he, his perspective on our guests is a lot better. Um, but yeah, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. He's a big fan of Kobe. So, you know, we, um, we got into his mindset and how, how much of his mindset comes from the Mamba mentality, right? Um, Harsha, what else do you, what, what else do we talk about with him? Yeah, like so much of how he sees the world just starts there. Mm -hmm. And from that takes him to things he wants to do while he's here, right? He's a, he's a CS student. He does programming, but he doesn't see it as an end in and of itself. He sees it more as this tool that he can use to go out and achieve things that he wants to. Yeah, absolutely. He has I feel like this... that's just, how, yeah, that's just how we like, that's how he's chosen to you know live the rest of his life and we talk yeah. a lot about we talk a lot about how he got to that point mm -hmm. um and we talk a lot about how his about how his interests kind of intersect with the way he sees the world yeah yeah it's a really interesting it's everything he does is kind of in an effort to understand the world right like he's he's fascinated by space but in like you know, like we talk about his interest, uh, like physics, math, um, programming, it all, it's all a means to an end. It's all a means to better understand. Like, um, it's not, it's not programming in itself that he, he's fascinated by. It's the, what the ability to program brings. But um, exactly. yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy uh, an absolutely great episode. Um, it's another long one, so you know, buckle in. I think um, really engaging, though. Really engaging. We talk about a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, again, let me know what you think about Harsha being here. Let me know what you think about the episode. Blank perception, YouTube, Instagram, all of it. Let me know. Uh, enjoy the show, and I'll have Cobra Beats take it away with the intro. Topic Trinka, welcome to the show. Hey, um, thank you for having me on Black Perception. You know, really excited yeah, to be here finally. You've been asking <laughs> me for a while now. Hey, you want to come on? And uh, we finally yeah. got a time that works for both of us and Harsha. I'm glad. I'm um, glad. Yeah. So yeah, my name um, is uh, Sathvik Chinta. I'm currently a junior at the University of Washington. 
I'm studying ACMS, which is basically like a combination of computer science, math, and a couple of other degrees uh, all put together in one big kind of program. Um, I've known Harsha and Encore for years and years now. Um, Harsha is actually, I've known him for basically two decades now. Um, he's my oldest friend. You know, and I met uh, Encore through him, uh, probably at one of his birthday parties or probably, you know, just hanging out with him. I don't even remember how we met. Um, but yeah, these two guys, they're my boys, hang out with them all the time. Um, when Harsha and Encore are both in Seattle, we always go out every weekend basically to try to do something or the other. Uh, it's a lot of fun and I'm very excited for today. Hell yeah. Um, real quick, I do want to mention, Sothic actually, uh, if you listen to Harsha's episode, Sothic actually lived in the same community as us. So Sothic and I have the same kind of, like we we knew each other as kids in that apartment complex, but like we really actually like got to know each other when we moved like to Sammamish because um, Harsha and Sothic <laughs> were the ones that were always inside. You know, you guys were always like inside and <laughs> I'd just be the like my group was always outside, you know. That's so, yeah, so man, funny that we were all together. I still find that we just, so funny. Yeah. We just never saw like, each other. Yeah. I remember one time, um, this was a while ago, but we were basically talking about how we live there. And mm -hmm. I remember one day specifically, it was like a summer day and uh, Harsha and I went outside because of how nice it was. We basically got a bunch of water balloons and we were fighting around. When we were talking about this, Encore was like, oh my god, we were fighting with a group of kids that we had no idea who they were either, and we were just throwing <laughs> uh, balloons at them, so pretty sure we, we threw a couple of water balloons at each other um, way yeah. back when. And now you're on my podcast. And now I'm on balloons. your podcast. It is the OG Central you, Park it's... Gang. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's actually insane, you know, like, we started in Bellevue, and then we all somehow ended up in Sammamish. And just ended up staying like good friends and dude imagine the sequence of yeah. events that led to right now with all of us in a zoom call <laughs> know, butterfly exactly, right? events butterfly yeah. events I, I love like i love that like every once in a while I'll just like i'll just i'll just be in like, i'll just like think like, every single thing that has happened has led to this exact moment <laughs> like sometimes it's like a stupid box. moment where i like just like fall or some shit right i'm just like every decision i made has led to me now being sitting on my ass just <laughs> dying inside <laughs> but um all right let's get into it i want to start with um i tried it last week it got good reviews so i'm gonna try it again the one word interview all right okay so rules as the title suggests you can only use one word to answer all right no, no reasons, nothing. No, just, just one word. Okay. <clears throat> First question. What do you think people notice most about you? Personality. Okay. What do you hope people would notice most about you? What do I hope people would notice most? Okay. Yeah. Um, mind. Okay. Who is your biggest inspiration in life? Kobe. All right. How is your, so you're at UW. Yep. Or you were at UW, you're taking a break right now, but um, how was your school experience so far? Innovative. Okay, innovative. Um, Main thing you're looking forward to now that now that things are opening up from COVID. Normalcy. Okay. 
What is your absolute number one biggest pet peeve? Complaining. <laughs> I'm about to just start complaining every time we move down. But, uh, <laughs> excuses do you could hope? work too. <laughs> yeah, excuses. Okay. Uh, how do you hope you're described by people when you're not around? Collected. Collected? Yeah. Interesting. All right. You get $10 million. What do you buy? Selfish answers only. Selfish answers only. Yeah. I don't want you saving people. Like, that's not, that's not the goal. <laughs> you don't want me donating <laughs> to, like, you know, a charity or anything? Yeah. Okay. Selfish answers only. Um, season tickets for the rest of my life. Okay. All right. Quick question off of that then. Favorite sports team? Seahawks. Seahawks. Easy. Go Hawks, baby. All right. <laughs> You can travel to any time and place. Where do you go? When Nikola Tesla invented wireless electricity. Ooh, that's not one word at all. No, that's not even... I just put hyphens in between. And we're all good. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was one hyphenated word. Yeah. Got you. All right. Last question. And this one just to boost my own ego. One word to describe me. Funny. I'll take it. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll take that. Thank you. You may be the only person on the planet that has ever said that. Really? I will take it. <laughs> Harsh talks about right. this a lot. Like, when we're together, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Oh, like, no, no. True. When these two are ever Us? in the same room, the vibe is completely, it, it just changes on a dime. The moment, like, <laughs> we were, I would literally have it's the most chill hangout in the world. And the moment, I can hang out with one of them and any group. Okay, and it'll be okay. It'll be fine. And the moment the second <laughs> one shows up, <laughs> it goes. It goes that insane. Is so true. Our energy is just like they're not. They're like compatible, but also they're not because it's like a nuclear explosion every time. It just adds up. You know, we have <laughs> yeah. insanely high energy just by ourselves, and when we get together, it's just mm -hmm. double. It is. Yeah. It's chaos. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's dive straight into the lists. Okay. First of all, I want to say your list in terms of like the level of detail you put into it has to be one of my favorite lists that anyone has ever sent me. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's, no. Um, like, I thought that this was actually a really good exercise for self-reflection because I was just sitting there staring at the blank page like, I got to think about what makes me me mm -hmm. in a five bullet point list. And so yeah. that level of like introspection, I sat there for like probably like an hour or an hour and a half, just like thinking about everything and being like, what do I think is important to me and mm. how would I appear to others? And it was actually a really good exercise because I don't think about what others really see me as that often. So being able to yeah, take a absolutely. step back. I'm glad. Yeah. It was good. That's what I found. I feel like... Um, a lot of times, like, you know, I have a guest, like, when I first send the guest, like, that big-ass paragraph I sent you yeah, about, like, yeah. what you need to do, they're just, like, like, I can just tell they're, like, oh, shit, like, I have homework for this shit, like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, but, like, everyone usually, like, they're, like, damn, like, I'm happy I did it because you just, you kind of just, I feel like a lot of people don't think about themselves. For sure, for sure, yeah, no, everybody's so it's caught same, up in what they're doing. Yeah. It's the same with, like. If I could ask, one thing I'm interested about is um, when you're making your list and you have and you're listing the other person, like qualities other people would think of you. Um, did 
how is that mind shift like how how's that change for you you know trying to see things through others perspective it was very hard it was very hard because you know i've spent 20 years in my own mind and i've thought the way <laughs> that i think and i all of a sudden have to ignore all of my thoughts and just go on what i think my my actions are and what i've said out loud so mm -hmm. i would basically um i would for example in the topics right mm -hmm. a lot of these topics i've talked to um other people about at one point or another about in depth about like you know why they interest me and stuff and so i would try to put myself in their shoes and just hear the words that i was saying in repeat and try yeah. to think about how i would receive that if somebody else was saying it Dude, I asked you that because That's like I, yeah. I think you nailed it to such a degree that I was reading this and I was expecting <laughs> to see something that I'm I might not you know have thought about you or, or or like didn't expect. But it's like yeah, every single one of the things you've like written down here is exactly the person I know. And <laughs> <laughs> well, that means hey, uh, that's that's good for me because that means I actually know what other people think. Then yeah, dude. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, and you yeah, probably I, know I, me better than most. Um, just for knowing me for the, so long. There's that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons I thought, like, you know, trying out this co-hosting with uh, Harsha was, like, for this episode would be perfect because he does know you really well. He knows you better than I know you. So, like... He probably knows me better um, than I know myself, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man, the list thing, like, when I changed these lists, I was like, fuck, like, I'm gonna have to do this at some point. Like, because last season I did one episode where I, like, made my own list about myself and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And like when I when I did the thing where I have to like, like I've because I haven't made this list about myself at least in this format you know where I think about how others see me yeah I haven't really done that yet so I know inevitably I'm gonna do like an episode about myself and I'm I'm not looking forward to it yeah yeah it looks very stressful you you want me to interview um, you I'll come by yeah, I'll, I'll do the episode yeah yeah I'll be the host that time <laughs> you need to have a committee everyone you interviewed in the past does a committee does an interview yeah, by committee. Like a, that it's be, like that would be that was actually a good idea. Everybody like, on like a round table or something like give everyone ten minutes to interview me. Like, yeah, that'd be dope. All right, let's get into your list. Uh, real quick, the lists for people that don't know, uh, there are four separate lists. The first two are topics about Sothic. The first one of those being uh, topics that Sothic thinks that um, he has, like you know, like topics that are interesting to him, uh, things that define him, and then the other topics list is the topics that he thinks he displays the stuff that other people think he's interested in uh and then qualities is very similar in the sense it's a list of qualities he thinks he has versus the there's the second qualities list which is a list of um the qualities that he thinks he displays to everyone else or qualities that he thinks other people see in him so let's start at the top with topics these are the topics about that you see in yourself uh first one is technology specifically ai so you mentioned it you're studying um you're studying this in college right now yeah uh, what got you into ai so i think ai is um it's been around a lot longer than people actually realize i think it's um like maybe five six years now that it actually blew up mm -hmm. and they're right it's gotten a lot more media attention but it's been around for a really long time and what yeah. i think really um you know i've heard inklings about a lot of ai stuff before when i was growing up and i thought hey that's really cool how like we can make um these programs because back then i didn't really i hadn't started programming yet or anything and so the mm -hmm. entire world of programming was new to me 
And so the only thing I understood was that I gave a computer some instructions and I go ahead and it'll do those instructions. And thinking about having a computer learn and be able to make these predictions by itself, because if you think about it, traditionally, a computer program, you give inputs and it will produce the output. For yeah. AI, you give the output and it has to figure out what the inputs are. So it kind of goes backwards, mm -hmm. it has to learn. And that kind of biological learning where it's kind of emulating a human mind in the way it goes about it. I thought that was very, very cool. And mm -hmm. the thing that really um, kickstarted it was probably Tesla and uh, yeah. Tesla's autopilot and mm -hmm. um, how they were able to start making self-driving cars. It's expanding out. Um, it's going to basically the entire fleet from last week on. So everybody's going to have a self-driving car soon. Yeah. And this task that's super deadly, super dangerous, you know, driving a car kills a lot of people um, and seems very complex because you have to do a lot of things at the same time. You know, we often take it for granted because we kind of do a lot of them subconsciously, but mm -hmm. we have to interact with a lot of um, a lot of the car and we have to take in our surroundings and be able to recognize everything really quickly in order to be able to react, make split second decisions. And the fact that we got a yeah. computer that can do that now. That's insane. That's mind blowing to me, and I I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. I love every second of it. I wanna I wanna help make that. I wanna, you know, dive deeper into it. I'm reading research papers. I'm trying to implement them on my own time. A lot of fun. I'm I'm doing internships based on that. Super fun. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you mentioned Tesla and AI, and so I have to ask you about your thoughts on that uh, the Tesla robot thing that they that Elon Musk kind of talked about. Yeah. So, what are your what are your thoughts on that? At first, I thought it was a joke, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. so you you boil down what um, Elon is trying to do to its mm -hmm. core. It's to cut down on needless time wasted on yeah. menial tasks. And if you think about it, that's what every company really is trying to do, right? Google, they basically have everything in one central location, so that if you search for something, it's right there. Um, yeah. Amazon, I'm doing an internship with them right now and I read this uh, note by Jeff Bezos. Um, he was basically talking about how let's say that you drive to a store, you park at the store, you go look around for your item inside the store, then you have to go to checkout, buy that item, come back. Even for the smallest items, that'll take like an hour. Mm -hmm. Right? With Amazon Prime Delivery, at max... It's 15 minutes to go find an item, put that in your cart, and check out. Most of the time, it's like between one and two minutes. So yeah. the amount of time that you're saving by not having to do this entire process, it's... This is another topic that I'll get to later, but it's optimizing your time. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what Elon Musk was going for with the, um, with the bot. He wants people to focus on what they think is important and not go out and have to do these meaningless tasks. I think that he said that one of them would be like a, um, like go to the store basically and buy something for you. We'll be able to mm -hmm. do that. And you're starting to get very close to uh, Detroit become human. Um, yeah, exactly. In terms of uh, how that would work. But I, I respect where he's coming from. And I, it, 
I get that it's cool that you know he's making it he's making it small and he's making it very easy to beat up if it starts trying to rebel or something so that it <laughs> um, eases people's um, you know minds. But yeah. I think that us as humans aren't the most optimal body shape that he could have chosen. And walking, having a robot walk to the store and buy everything, that adapts to what we have in the world right now. Uh-huh. Right? We have these stores right now that you can go and buy stuff from. You have these physical tasks that we can do right now. And instead of changing those tasks, so instead of solving the root problem of why we're wasting mm-hmm. the time, he's just giving like a temporary solution for the process in which we solve that problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So I think that it's a very cool idea and it's very mm-hmm. cool that um, he has kind of this one solution fits all approach to these yeah. big wastes of time. But if uh-huh. we really want to optimize our lives, then we need to change the way that the, the root cause. So Amazon's yeah, changing the stores. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else that this Tesla bot is meant to solve, we have to change the root of that instead of the process mm-hmm. at which we approach it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, it's interesting because like, I was uh, I was looking at a lot of like videos like from like tech YouTubers and stuff, right? Right after that happened. And one of the biggest like criticisms of it is that, you know, he did pick the human form, which it, which a lot of people argue is the least efficient like body type in nature right like the amount of work that like that humans have to do just to stand on two feet like there's a reason most animals are on four feet right it's just a more stable base yeah, that was my right? knee-jerk reaction when you said that i was like why are we using yeah. the human ty- uh, body type uh, here? it's like um it reminded me a lot of uh you know the boston dynamics the the spot robot yeah the yeah dog, yeah right and like just like because that robot i think can do a lot of stuff that humans can do like you know because it has the attachments for like the claw that you can put on top of it stuff like that and so it's interesting i think it's in my opinion i think it's just elon musk is a very like he likes to create like sensationalism you know like he's he likes creating these big marketing ploys to get people talking about tesla and that's that's what i always saw with that like um i think the concept is interesting but like you said, getting to the root cause would be way more efficient long-term. No, yeah. And the thing I respect about Elon Musk is that he's a visionary and he's a mm-hmm. professional marketer. Yeah. Um, he, he's able to market Tesla, SpaceX, um, really any of his companies really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. And be able to make these, what might first seem as outlandish promises, but then when you go into the actual tech that he's implementing, it seems doable. Mm-hmm. And whether or not he actually accomplishes those it gets people talking it gets people thinking and it it facilitates other companies to try to find their own solution to it as well so whether or not tesla can actually do it will eventually get a solution to that problem that elon himself is trying to solve um from some other company or from him so it's it's innovative it's making change and I respect that, you know, he's thinking about space travel a lot, which is another topic that we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. He yeah. talks about space travel a lot. He talks about climate change a lot. He's trying to change what we're doing bad. Um, and I respect that about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned space. So let's just talk about that one next. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this was interesting to me. I, I've never heard you talk about space, which I guess yeah. makes sense why it's not on your list for others other yeah. seeing you. Yeah, you know how um, in, in the beginning I said you basically nailed your list? This was the one topic that I was actually surprised about because you never brought up space. Yeah. So the idea, the reason why I'm interested in space actually kind of has to tie back to global warming. So we are killing our planet really mm-hmm. bad. Um, so just eject ourselves into so the just orbit. eject <laughs> ourselves. So <laughs> I think we've already gotten the pa- gotten past the point of no return. So we can't revert back to how our planet used to be, maybe a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, maybe even fifty years ago, in terms of climate change. Yeah, just because of how much we've increased the amount of pollution that we've had exponentially over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and this. Um, space has always fascinated me since I was a kid, you know, the great unknown. If you ask me as a kid, um, I would always want to say that I wanted to go to Neptune because it looks like a big water planet. I know it's not actually made out of water, you know, it's all like frozen and stuff, but it looks Mm -hmm. like a big water planet. I just want to go. And oftentimes I'll have a dream of me just like sitting on this one big vast planet by myself and being (laughs) able to explore it, you know? Mm -hmm. I like this one quote, which is like... um, born too early to explore the world i'm sorry born too late to explore the world born too early to um explore space yeah that's kind of like that middle ground that's actually really well said because we are in that transition phase exactly like the technology to go into space is getting there but we're probably just gonna miss the deadline to like yeah like like because the way i think of it like um there's like the tickets to mars right the one-way tickets to mars yeah yeah like they're gonna want to take young people and i feel like by like they're gonna by the time they finally have that ability to send people we're gonna be like just like a couple years too old where they're gonna be like now you're too old to go like we need younger people that can you know be there for a while yeah um we're gonna talk about death a lot don't worry one of my topics (laughs) i will talk about death a lot but um we don't need to get to the existential uh crisis just yet but yeah um that dream i don't think i'll be able to achieve where i can just go Mm -hmm. sit on a planet um but i'm very interested in space i'm actually on a satellite lab at uw where we build satellites and with nasa and uh, spacex and blue origin we can launch them into space obviously i'm on Mm -hmm. the programming team but um (laughs) you know um we'll get into this topic of programming later on when we talk about others um so I'll, i'll dive more into that but Mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I like programming is that it allows me to touch on basically any subject that I want. Yeah. Um, everything nowadays, you have to be able to program to do it. So if Absolutely. you get a good programmer, you can, you basically have your pick and ch- you can have your choice of what topic you want to mm-hmm. study. You can have your choice of what topic you want to work on, what project you want to work on. So I was interested in space. So now I can go ahead and work on something that has to do with making satellites. And it's very cool. That's dope. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right, yeah, next one, uh, you talked about optimization. Okay, now we get into Time the death stay, talk. Yeah. Now we get into the death <laughs> talk. Okay. All right. So this is, a, um, this is a topic that actually keeps me up at night a lot of times. Okay. So I'll be lying down uh-huh. in my bed, and I'll just think about life in general, right? And I realized that, you know, after death, whether you, let's say, um, there's two things that could happen after you die, right? Mm-hmm. Either you go to heaven or you don't, or there's yeah. some sort of afterlife or there isn't, right? Mm-hmm. If there is an afterlife, everything's all good, everything's all dandy. But in the in the chance that there isn't an afterlife, that's what keeps me up at night, right? Yeah. Because when I sleep at night, 
and it's on one of those dreamless nights, like where you know you don't mm -hmm. dream at all. It seems like instant teleportation, right? You just wake up. Yeah. You have no idea of it. So then, when you die, it's going to be like one of those dreamless nights. Mm -hmm. For the rest of eternity. And you'll never wake up from that. And that ta that thought yeah. that scares me a bit, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it got me thinking that hey, you know. I have 70, 80 years maybe based on life expectancy and whatever to be on this yeah. earth, right? After that, there's going to be an eternity where I can't do anything. I won't have any conscious thoughts. I won't be able to formulate anything. I can't do any actions in that eternal time frame. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I won't even know that I'm in that eternal time frame because it'll pass by like that. So if I'm thinking about the grand scheme of things on the scale of eternity that's 70 80 years it's a blip it's like a little it's like as if i switched on and off a light switch mm -hmm. it's less than a second yeah so when we think about optimization time saving don't mm -hmm. like you only have 70 80 years life is way too short and that's assuming that you live like you die of natural causes right like you can die of yeah, many things absolutely yeah so do what you like to do, you know? Uh -huh. You save time by um, not having those meaningless tasks like we talked about earlier um, mm -hmm. where we're basically trying to um, cut out time that's needless and save mm -hmm. it for free time so you can enjoy your 70, 80 short years um, to the maximum possible extent. Yeah. You know, that keeps me up at night. Like, just thinking about, mm -hmm. like, how... Because I've gotten a lot uh, very used to video games, and there's that respawn mechanic, you know, where like after you die, yeah, you come yeah. back, and then I realize there is no coming back, right? Like after this, mm -hmm. there's no higher level, right? Like after I'm done with the video game, I close it and I can do whatever I want. There's no mm -hmm. closing and then going and doing whatever you want after you die. Like you're done. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else. Absolutely, that's interesting. Um, first thing I wanted to say is like, for me, it's. I kind of just totally lost my train of thought. Um, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Is it about death? My... Is it about optimization? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So one thing. So it's interesting. Like for me, I'm so I'm not religious at all, right? I don't believe in afterlife or anything. Uh -huh. So like it's interesting. The way I see, I, I think I see death very differently from you in that sense. Because for me, like it's very biological just like you die and that's it like you know like because because you're talking about like the scale of like you know your the time you're alive versus eternity like i, I don't like i kind of i don't really see the eternity i just see like the whole like i see the whole scale as that's 70 80 years yeah yeah that makes which, sense yeah which i think it's it's still the same thing like the older i get i still have the i have the same thoughts of like damn it is only 70 like how, the if you think if i think about how fast these past what like even 2 years have gone mm -hmm. or even like my past the, the past 10 years have gone right like it just like it seems so much faster looking back at it and then like it gets to the same point of you know you want to get as much done that you want to get done the time exactly. that you have yeah no live a life to the fullest like you don't get a second chance mm -hmm. unless you believe Absolutely. in the afterlife in which case you do get a second chance and you get multiple yeah. chances um <laughs> if, if there's the after if there is an afterlife and i'm not i'm not saying one way or another right like if there uh -huh. is an afterlife that's great um 
and I do believe that there is an afterlife, but that doubt mm-hmm. in the back of my mind, it is everlasting. That like you know. Yeah. So, bo- so if you don't mind me asking, believing in the afterlife is that because a lot of people I've talked to that believe in the afterlife, their their mindset is like that's what they're striving for, right? Like there's the idea of heaven and hell, mm-hmm. where they strive to do certain things in order to get to heaven and avoid hell. Yeah. Are you of that mindset or are you just of the mindset that there is an afterlife and uh, that's where I'll be after I die. But it's not like you're like, are you trying to earn something in life to get to the afterlife or are you just accepting there is an afterlife? Which, which of the camps are you in? So I think there has, um, we have to break this down a little bit more, right? So the first mm-hmm. step is thinking about, okay, is there an afterlife first or not? Yeah. Right. And if there is an afterlife, that's a big relief to me because then I know that I don't have to spend eternally basically alone and mm-hmm. not being able to formulate any thoughts. I'll be in heaven or in hell. It doesn't matter, but I yeah. just know that, you know, I'll be able to have conscious thought. I'll be able to do something. Uh-huh. So after that, we get into the idea of heaven or hell. Obviously, everybody wants to go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that trying to go to heaven is what everybody wants to do and we think about like society just in general Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the goals and a lot of things that people think good people do yeah that it does align with what your ticket to heaven would be Mm -hmm. so whether or not there is a heaven or hell it doesn't really matter because let's say that there isn't an afterlife you'd still want to be a good person right yeah absolutely so You'd want to spend your time helping others and making the world a better place, which is actually one of Mm -hmm. my, uh, that's one of my biggest fears in life is that I want to make the world a better place, right? Yeah. And I want to have people remember me. So Mm -hmm. one of my biggest fears is that a thousand years from now, there'll be no trace that I ever existed because everybody I know will be dead. Yeah. Right. And if I have kids, they'll all be dead and their grandkids all be dead all the way Mm -hmm. down a thousand years from now. I won't be remembered. So that's one of my biggest fears, right? So mm-hmm. do as much good as you can, right? Yeah. And you have a chance of being remembered. And so whether or not there is an afterlife or not, if you do as much good as you can, either you're remembered after a thousand years or you get a ticket into heaven. Either way, it's mm-hmm. a win-win. So that's the yeah. way I approach it. Or you could, you know, be like Ted Bundy and he's going to be remembered for a while too. Or, or yeah, you could do that too, but uh, th- then it's a win-lose if there is an afterlife, you know. That's fair, yeah. I mean, if you're just trying to be remembered. Hey, yeah, no. Here's one of the easiest the ways top to- tip, quick tip from all of us here. If you don't believe in the afterlife and you want to be remembered, commit genocide. You know what you got to do. Commit genocide, yeah. Or, you know, like film yourself taking a shit somewhere in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man i was drinking water <laughs> oh man i'm sure there i'm sure there's gonna be some viral videos that live on forever for sure for sure and you know that's another thing i think um will technology last for the next thousand years or will everything that we think now is new and groundbreaking be obsolete to the point where nobody can access it anymore yeah. because like let's say that, that is interesting this right? podcast right <coughs> We're mm-hmm. going to have these video records of this podcast for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. 70, yeah. 80 years, we'll have this voice recording of the three of us and we can look back at it 
like, you know, like after two of us are dead and there's only one of us left, like we can look back mm-hmm. at it and think about like, oh, yeah, these memories, right? But in a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now, when YouTube may or may not have adapted to the new lifestyle, YouTube may have been shut down by now. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, everything else that you distribute the podcast on, those may be gone too. So there's no yeah. trace of this, you know? And so yeah, everybody will forget about all of this. And then I think about going backwards. You know, if we go forwards and we can forget about everybody, how many mm-hmm. people have we forgotten going backwards? Because yeah, the Library absolutely. of Alexandria burned down or, you know, all that information was lost to us because they had some mm-hmm. form of groundbreaking um, way of recording events yeah. that we can't access anymore because of how old it is. Yeah. See, yeah, it's interesting to bring that up. Like, it makes me, like, it makes you think, right? Like, uh, there's, like, the saying, it's, like, history is written by the winners. Yeah. Right? So, there, like, there, it is, it is entirely possible that something in the past that we consider good, right, was actually just, like, terrible. Like, they were just, like, they were actually, like, terrible. It just, they wrote history because they were able to destroy whatever else came before them oh for sure for sure yeah um and And i think that um this is an interesting class that i took at uw it was an english Mm -hmm. class and it was a topic um it was basically about like how we think about idols and those that we look up to Mm -hmm. right yeah and we basically put them if we think about greek um like greek sculptures they're white they're marble they're devoid of any flaw right yeah um, and that's basically the pedestal that we put idols up on that they're devoid mm-hmm. of any flaw because oftentimes we see the success of our idols and their failures are buried away Yeah, and absolutely. if you think about Greek sculptures they actually weren't ever white they were all colored they all mm-hmm. had that paint basically stripped away over the period of time same thing with these idols these idols aren't perfect that's why they say mm-hmm. never to meet your heroes you know because you'll you'll be yeah. able to see them for who they really are Absolutely. So we'll get into this topic a lot in the quality section because I mm-hmm. will talk about this a lot. You'll um, you'll see that I'll pull a lot of the qualities that I like from pick and choose mm-hmm. basically from a lot of these idols, and I try to take you know the best from the image that they show, the sculpture. I try to take what I like from that sculpture of that idol and mm-hmm. put that into my own personality and try to emulate that instead of yeah. leaving everything out. Interesting. Have you seen some of the artist renditions of what those old like Greek sculptures look like? Colored? I have seen a couple, yeah. They look like MS Paint drawings. It's like really yeah. rudimentary paint. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I know. We, we, we saw that in the English class, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's crazy how none of us will ever think of them that way, right? To us, they're like perfect. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, like Ankur was saying, um, history is written by those who win and people want well, us to think about... history is written by time. History is written by time too. Yeah, like over time, everything will fade away. Yeah. All that you know will be gone. And if there's one thing of you that's left over the sands of time, that's the only thing you'll be remembered by. Yeah. So again, going Absolutely. back to doing good. So that one thing that you have left, everybody will remember you mm-hmm. as being good. Yeah. That got very deep. So we're going to move into a very interesting topic, physics. <laughs> ah, no, this is still the same. <laughs> this goes back into space. Um, okay, so okay, so we have talked a lot about space. So yeah, I won't talk beyond about that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add about physics? So I like physics because um, 
it's basically the science of the universe. It's yeah, how everything has been written. You know, mm-hmm. if you understand physics, you can kind of think of a formula. You can think of a way to explain what's happening in the world. Absolutely. And that sense of control and that sense of explanation that physics is grounded in, that's what makes me like it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it helps that I'm pretty good at math. Yeah. Um, which is, um, which makes physics easier for me to understand because I have that foundation in math and I was lucky enough to be able to take, you know, advanced math courses and stuff. Yeah. Um, but physics is the way that we as humans try to understand what's happening around us and give it a sense of control. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super interested in that. I love um, mysteries that physics poses. A lot of the quantum mm-hmm. stuff, we don't have any idea how that works. A yeah. lot of the stuff that Tesla did, we don't have any idea how that works. I, um, in that one word game, I mentioned how we have that wireless technology, not sorry, yeah. wireless electricity thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember the story correctly, I might be forgetting uh, bits and pieces of it because it was like three years ago now, pre- pre-COVID that I heard it. Yeah. But basically, he was um, up on a hill and had all these light bulbs strung above him. And he was able to light them without connecting them at all to any wow. like power supply or anything. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember, we don't know how he did it yet. Yeah. So that is, yeah. there's mysteries in physics that go back to optimization. We can save time if we figure out those mysteries. And we can understand the world around us a lot better with physics. And so it's kind of this gateway into understanding the world that we live in right now uh-huh. and this gateway into having that sense of closure that we have some form of control because we, in reality, we don't, we have no control over what happens in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But if this gives us like a formula or some kind of basis for which we can say, while well, I can't control it, I can understand it. Interesting. That's dope. Cool. So uh, let's move on next. Uh, last one on your list was intricacies of sports. So you did mention if you had $10 million, you just get season tickets for life. Yep. Um, hey, would you, you buy a club? Sports. You have $10 million. Oh, yeah. I could buy, I could buy the buy it. Yeah, That's a better idea. That's a better idea. A $10 million, no, I don't think that would get me the No, no, no. Seahawks are like probably worth over a billion. But uh, you, could, you know what you could do is get season tickets for all your favorite teams and a private jet to get you to each one. I could. I you could, could yeah. bring the Sonics yeah. back. Bring the Sonics back. That's a good idea. I, go. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. So, yeah, intricacies of sports. You specified intricacies. Yeah. So, so talk about that. On the surface level, you know, mm-hmm. love sports, all sports. Um, I'm super into football and basketball mainly, but I don't shy away from watching other stuff. And now yeah. that, you know, we're getting a hockey team over here in Seattle, the Kraken, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into those too. So um, excited. So, so exciting. So exciting. I wanted to get tickets, but, you know, they're like 800 minimum, so I can't get any. Of course. Um, if I had 10 million, maybe I would. Um, <laughs> so for the intricacies of sports, I don't just like watching the sports for what they are. And Harsha mm-hmm. knows this because I'll go on a rant every single weekend after our Seahawks games about what I li- <laughs> what I saw. But It's a ritual. I, it's, it's a ritual, right. Exa- <laughs> right after the game, we're texting each other all the way up until we go to bed mm-hmm. that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love either studying film on my own or watching other people study film. So yeah. on the surface level, people may think football, just a sport about big guys going around hitting each other, right? But mm-hmm. you break it down. 
into what's happening on the field. What's the offense doing? What's the defense trying to do? You know, like why is the wide receiver running across the middle in a uh, in a slant? Why is the safety coming down, picking him up mm-hmm. along with the cornerback? And now all of a sudden you got a space that's wide open in the middle <laughs> of the field for the tight end. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much of your audience watches sports, so I, I shouldn't get too deep into it. I'm sure it. a lot of them do. A lot of them do? Okay, so they, yeah. they'll probably understand what I was saying then. But breaking down, looking at it that way, you realize that, this is another quote, football is a chess match where the pieces are gladiators. Yeah. You know, and this strategy, there's an insane amount of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And being able to break down that strategy in my own time, studying that strategy and trying to look mm-hmm. at it in real time while I'm watching a game, being able to figure that out, I love doing that. It's like a little puzzle that I like to solve. And that's why I don't mind going to games that I don't really watch. So I went to a baseball game with my dad like two months ago, and I've never, I don't really watch baseball that much. Yeah. But trying to figure out what the defensive strategy is, because the offensive strategy is that, that in that game is pretty obvious. You just hit the yeah. ball, you run around. <laughs> but like the defensive positions and stuff, I was trying to see, like, uh-huh. okay, how are they changing it based on the battle? Yeah. Absolutely. How are they moving around? And trying to see if I could figure out my own. Um, strategies so a game i like to play is like okay once i figure out what the offensive is doing how would i coach a defense to move around and obviously i'm not a coach so i'm gonna get it wrong nine times out of ten <laughs> but it's a little fun game that i like to play yeah. and think about and i will tell harsha that here's how i would have fixed our garbage defense when i talk <laughs> to him after every seahawks loss yeah um, that's great man. you also recommended yeah. me a book right i did yeah so i, I i'm super into this um so the way I actually got into this um, was this ESPN Plus show called Detail, where they brought on Kobe, who's probably the smartest basketball player I have ever mm-hmm. seen. His IQ yeah. is out of this world. And he would break down the um, game film of different basketball games and show me things that I would have never seen if I were just watching it mm-hmm. as a fan. Um, yeah. Football and basketball, they're a lot easier for me to watch film of because I have a little bit of experience playing both. A lot more so on basketball. I have a lot of experience mm-hmm. playing basketball, so it's a little bit easier for me to understand what's going on there because I've been in a lot of those situations myself. Yeah. Um, but he pointed out a lot of things that even I wouldn't have been able to see in 100 mm-hmm. years of playing. You know, yeah. And that's really what got me into, hey, there's this other level of sports that I haven't hit yet. You know, I can dive mm-hmm. deeper and get more into these sports. <clears throat> and so I started reading books. I started, um, you know, watching. Uh, if you look at my YouTube subscriptions, probably half of them are film channels, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I started reading a lot more books. And then uh, Harsha, I've been talking with him for like last two, three years, almost after every game we'll talk. So um, about like what we saw in the Seahawks game, maybe what we saw on Monday night, Thursday night football. You know, once we get a basketball team, I'm sure that Harsha will join me on the basketball discussions too because I have those in my head right now. I, I've told yeah. you this for years. The moment we get a basketball team, I'll get into basketball. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can help you catch up on everything that you've missed up until that point. Um, but yeah, I, I've been reading this book. Um, it's called, uh, you know, Take Your Eyes Off the Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by this um, ex-coach who actually used to play, for, uh, play um, not play, uh, work with Pete Carroll back when he was on the Jets. Okay. Um, and it's a book that really breaks down how coaches watch film. 
mm-hmm. and how coaches approach watching a game. And he was talking about, you know, like how you don't necessarily have to wait until you get, uh, wait until the end of the game and you get the film back on your iPad to really understand what the game plan mm-hmm. is. You can do that right there on the field and you could do it at home from on your couch as well. Yeah. And I really like the way that he's breaking it down and it, it it's changing my mindset and my approach to watching football. That's you know? dope. Yeah, man. It's good. Uh, we are playing football right after this, right after we're done recording. We are indeed. So um, I expect some. you to bring all of this to the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for And sure. I will be on your team 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, man. All right. So that wraps up your uh, list for yourself. And let's look at the topics. So, for, okay, actually, first of all, I want to make a comment. From your topics about yourself, the one thing that I a common theme that i see which i think uh who was it jack last week uh, jack myers i don't know if you know him um harsha knows him he's a good friend of ours uh we talked about it is he like you love knowing like you like you need to know yeah how thing like you need to know the why or the how like uh it's like that I, I kind of have it you're on like a different level than me but it's <laughs> the it's the inability of it's the inability to take things at face value, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, It's like the people that, you know, like they see a microwave and they have the, like they need to just take it apart and understand how it works. You know, it's that, it's that mentality, which I think is dope, especially like, and I guess it it makes sense why you're in computer programming, right? It's, yeah, you're literally, it is like, it is basically the modern version of making a microwave, right? It's not like instead of the hardware, it's the software. It's like breaking it down. The, yeah, going to the exactly. smallest bits and everything. Yeah, no. Um, if 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 you let me have a sixth topic for qualities on me, I would have had curiosity in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, like you said, I like breaking things down and looking at them mm-hmm. at the smallest bits. So be that. Yeah. You know, the universe, the way that we break it down, physics. Like I said, um, you know, sports watching. I love to do it for fun, but after a certain point, I have to understand what's going on yeah. inside. I just yeah. can't watch it for fun um, anymore. That, yeah. And it's really that for anything. Like if I play a game, play it one time, I'll play it two times. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Third time, I'll start to get into offensive strategies and how we can optimize yeah. playing that game and win <laughs> a lot. So like for competitive shooters like Valorant, let's say, or CSGO, mm-hmm. First round, first time I'm playing, okay, figuring out the controls. Second time I'm playing, okay, trying to figure out, still like a onboarding stage. Eventually, after yeah. like two weeks, I start uh, writing down game plans. I ri- I literally, mm-hmm. um, one time <laughs> while we were playing Valorant, I I went onto my iPad and I drew up game plans, and wow. I shared it to my friends. And my friends are like, "What is wrong with you? Just go play uh-huh. the game normally." And I'm like, "No, we need to follow this." Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like, um, I. Like I like I, it was like one day I got into like I was like looking at YouTube videos and just like reading about like different stuff and I got I got into like this rabbit hole of map design on first person shooters like Call of Duty right and what makes first of all what makes certain maps like uh, Nuketown on Call of Duty right what makes that map so popular with people versus like you know some of like the least rated maps like why why do people hate these maps like what is it about different maps that like you know get people addicted to them for sure you know? yeah and harsh it's, probably knows a lot about this because he's studying this um oh yeah well harsh is just 
Harsh is actually making these maps. Yeah, Harsh is making these maps. I'm sitting so. here like plebs to this conversation. <laughs> Harsh is like, this is the exact conversation I wanted right now. Like, oh, we could get into psychology. Um, we can get into so much about map designs, about game plans, about the psychology of playing. But I think you're touching on just that. Just so that this doesn't. I think you're touching so on that here. Become a three-hour podcast. Like we're making this your no. special light. This is your special episode. There's three of us, special, so it's gonna like, be three times as long. <laughs> My lord. A special four hour episode that just like, half the half the people that don't care about gaming just tune out. They're just you like, can, like right, split well, into two parts, maybe. Yeah. Um all right. Uh so we talked about sports. So this is now we're talking about your list of topics from the others outward point mm, of view. Yeah. Uh first one, sports. Uh, makes sense much more simple than intricacies of sports you know exactly yeah like um, people will see me um sitting on the couch and just like yeah yeah let's go but they don't understand I, like I what's think going that's, on my head like yeah exactly like that's going on. same for me like i i know that you love sports uh, you always talk about sports but i didn't know the details of how much or like mm-hmm. the aspects of sports that really um hook you yeah uh programming kind of the same thing you're specifically into like AI and like space exploration, that kind of stuff. But like programming is the broader term. Yeah. And um, um, a lot of people think that I like sitting down and just programming in general. Mm-hmm. I think of programming is more of a tool. Yeah. You know, I'm good at programming. I like doing programming, but it's not the reason why I'm studying CS. Um, I touched on this earlier, but programming is a gateway into basically getting hands on with any form of technology or anything that i want to do yeah and so if i want to study one thing if i want to get into some kind of project programming is going to be somewhere there like i mentioned Mm -hmm. satellites there have to be people to program that satellite so if i'm interested in space travel and i want to do stuff with satellites programming is great it's kind of this you can apply it anywhere in life Mm -hmm. healthcare you can apply it you can apply it um, robotics, you can apply it in cloud systems. Anything that you're interested in, there has to be programmers there. So that's why mm-hmm. I like I, I study programming. Yeah. Because it gives me this level of choice Absolutely. to really do anything I want to. Yeah. Going back into optimization, because I only got mm-hmm. 70 years, you know, do what I yeah. want to. Exactly. That's dope. Um, let's see, video games. So we, we I think we kind of touched on video games, mm-hmm. but um, beyond the technicalities of video games, right? Mm-hmm. Technicalities is a word that I used that um, my friend used in a previous episode last season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but beyond the technicalities of video games, what do you, is it just like an enjoy? Just do you enjoy playing them? Or they're fun to play. So if you ask me guess, as a person what I do in my free yeah. time, I won't be. So obviously I'll be doing a lot of film study in my free time, like yeah. right after a Seahawks game. But yeah. usually throughout the week, if we have a good win and I'm I'm happy with what happened in the game, um, mm-hmm. I won't be watching that many shows or movies. Yeah, I'll be playing a lot mm-hmm. of video games, and this goes back to that idea of control that we talked about. Because mm-hmm. in a movie or in a um, a TV show, you're not really in the driver's seat. You're a, you're a bystander. You're an onlooker looking at what's going on. Yeah. Video games, you get to control that main character. You get to walk around like Geralt in uh, like Geralt in Novigrad right now. <laughs> you know that's my favorite game of all time right here. Witcher three. So you get video games have gotten so good where you have these blockbuster level storylines 
that mm. rival those of like really good movies and really good novels, but you get to experience it from the eyes of the protagonist. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I really like about them. They're, they're, I think of them as like an escape from reality also, mm-hmm. which is weird th- uh, saying that like, you know, I only got 70 years, I should enjoy it to the fullest, but like, you <laughs> I know, completely get it. Yeah. Parts of enjoying it is like getting these different, you get viewpoints and such that you would never see through video games. Absolutely. Detroit Become Human is a great example of this, where you have this one android. Um, they basically, it, it's like, imagine the Elon Musk bots, but if they gain sentient, uh, they gain, they are basically, they became sentient, right? Yeah. And they can make their own decisions and stuff. So there's this one who basically becomes this sort of MLK figure um, yeah. for, the le- uh, for the rest of the robots and basically becomes this freedom fighter. And playing through his story and being able to understand oppression from the eyes of the victim, I would never be able to do that growing up in Sammamish, in a very, you know, privileged society. Absolutely. But yeah. going through that game, obviously not like the real thing. I'm not saying it's like the real thing at all, but it gives yeah, me yeah. a perspective or a, or a look into a bit of the pain mm-hmm. that people are facing in today's America, really. Yeah, with, absolutely. Um, um it's the same feeling of like uh i'm a big fan of the assassin's creed yeah right yeah and especially assassin's creed odyssey i loved greek mythology like like percy jackson but like just like i love the percy jackson series but just like just learning about greek mythology was always my favorite yeah yeah um and when i got to play that game it was like for one it was dope because i was recognizing so much stuff i'd recorded in the past like remembered in the past or learned in the past but it just like I felt like I was a part of it rather than like, rather than being like a witness to it. I felt like I was actually a part of it. Right. It's that there's that distinction. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's one of the, oh man, I'm trying to remember. There's a movie somewhat, I say somewhat recently, probably in the past, like five years or so where I think they did the whole thing in a first person perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, action, action, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember, remember that. Yeah. I think it might just be called yeah. Action Movie. W- maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, th- I remember yeah, I Henry remember. being in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, I remember that one was like, that was huge because people were like really excited to, you know, like, because you don't see that in movies. Uh, exactly, yeah. Like you can identify with characters, but you don't feel like you are that character versus video games where... Um, same with uh, Red Dead Redemption. I've talked a lot about that video game, I think, on this podcast. Bro, when... Like, um, being, like, part of that Western... Old love Western... Love that game. Like, love that game. When, um... Yeah. um, I'll say spoilers right now. It's fine. When Arthur gets tuberculosis, I started coughing in real life a lot. <laughs> That's how into that game I was. I would, like, cough and be like, yeah, all right, boy. Yeah. Like, I, I like... Um. I, like, I, like, walk around muttering, like, you're all right, boy. Like, I was talking to my horse. Uh, it was... It was bad. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't know that game is just like, why is this guy just saying, all right, guy? <laughs> you're all right, guy. <laughs> There's oh, a God. scene in that um, game where you're drunk at a bar with your best friend, Lenny. And anytime <laughs> Sothic and I are together, <laughs> Lenny! Lenny! <laughs> yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that game it is one amazing. of those things, right? Amazing. Like, um, you start picking up on those mannerisms in real life mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, biggest example, uh, I don't know if you guys know the Sideman. Uh, there's one member, he has a 
like you guys have you guys been following the gta role play stuff that started happening recently in the past year it's uh basically it's like someone made gta role play where everything is like people right so it's so people can actually go in and they live their lives in gta and it's like super realistic in terms of like you know um like you have to have a job you have to have an income and you know you pay rent and all this stuff and it gets like it's, it's been getting like better and better over time but there's this one streamer he streams for eight hours a day and he was talking about how there's days because like he sleep you sleep for eight hours you stream for eight hours you are spending he's spending about 50 percent of his life as a whole other character in which he's like um like a british or like a british like gangster basically and and you can see it in like the other content he makes like there's so many more mannerisms which match up to that character that he plays because he spends so much time in this like other world and i think it's it's weird and it's like concerning in a way but also like <laughs> on a smaller scale like when i spend hours on and like when i played like when i was playing red dead i was that's all i did was i was playing red dead all day and i could 100% like see myself seeing the world in a slightly different way like seeing it through arthur's eyes you know like for sure for sure and when he dies it's I, that was it, one of the, oh my god I am so sorry to anyone who hasn't finished that game. Yeah, um, that. <laughs> spoiler warning. We already spoiled that he got yeah. tuberculosis, and now we spoil that he dies. It's it's a Rockstar game. They always mm-hmm. kill off the protagonists at the end. You already know this. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a really funny story about that. <laughs> L.A. Noir. I was playing this game also by Rockstar called L.A. Noir, and I was close to the uh-huh. ending, and I was discussing it with this guy, okay? And I'm like, yeah, how do you think it ends? This guy shot for shot calls out yeah he's gonna he's gonna drown in a flood or he's he's gonna yeah the main character's gonna <laughs> die there's gonna be a flood do you know how that game ends i'm just gonna spoil it you're in a sewer and the sewer floods and you can't get out in time and you die <laughs> I, I actually called that so well i was like yeah no he's just gonna die in a flood <laughs> dude i messaged you right amazing. after it was incredible <laughs> amazing. Uh, but no amazing. If, if it's rockstar uh uh they die at the end no, no, no. Yeah. Main character gone. <laughs> yeah, that's their MO. That's how they operate. Oh, they get you really attached to them, and then they kill them off. Yeah. All right. Uh, next on your list is math. Ah, is yes. There... So, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm good at math. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think I like math because it feeds into physics. And mm-hmm. it feeds into the sense of control of being able to understand what's going on. Because if you're good at math, you can understand a lot of things that's going on. Especially calculus. Calculus is really good at that. So a lot of people might look at me and be like, oh, yeah, he's a, you know, he just likes math. That's just him, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, But they wouldn't understand the details of why. Again, it's like programming. It's a tool to go in deeper and understand what's around me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I don't <laughs> like looking at numbers and like adding them together and stuff, or like taking an integral. Uh-huh. It's like what it stands for, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's. Um, last one is innovation. Yeah. So I guess this again, it looks like okay. So from at least from what I'm seeing, realistically, your topic from the outside in is basically broader terms. Like math kind of encompasses physics, video games. Well, I guess video games is slightly different. Yeah. Um, 
sports, intricacies of sports, programming, technology, and optimization, and all that. Um, and I guess, yeah, innovation beyond what we've already talked about. Is there anything? So, beyond what we've talked about, um, obviously, we're accelerating at a really, really fast pace, right? In yeah. terms of tech, in terms mm-hmm. of humanity, in terms of just whatever we're doing. We are accelerating really fast and we're coming up with new things every single day. Mm -hmm. And that idea that we as humans, even though we may not be physically evolving, but we are mentally as a collective, as a hive mind, evolving and gaining more knowledge every single day. Yeah. That is something that's very interesting. So Mm -hmm. I've touched on, you know, AI, all that stuff earlier. That's mainly why I like innovation. But us as humans every day just curiosity is probably our best trait trying to understand why trying to break down stuff that is what leads to innovation and that's what's going to make life better for everybody Mm -hmm. you know going forward that's what's going to um facilitate a lot of change it's going to eventually solve all the injustice that we see in the present world innovation really is the key cool all right well said well said how do you think innovation would uh, um, would help bring more justice in the world? You touched on it briefly with climate change. Mm-hmm. So, so that's it's an interesting topic, and I don't know too much because I don't really get into politics as much as other people. Um, mm-hmm. I like I said, only got seventy years, so I try to focus on the <laughs> positives in life instead of looking at what's going wrong. Yeah. But it's clear that there are flaws in our system. And just thinking Mm -hmm. about just America in general, because other places in the world, while they may look better on the surface, you dig down deeper, they are also equally as flawed. Yeah. But I'm from America. I've lived here basically my entire life, so I can only talk about over here. There are flaws in our system. Mm -hmm. Uh, Racial injustice, you know, everything going on with the police right now, healthcare stuff, um, the way that we don't tax billionaires as much as they should be, we're running out of money, all this stuff. It's there are problems here, and we can either go forward and look at what other countries are doing and just emulate what they're doing, kind of doing a copycat approach, or we can go ahead and try to find our own solution to it. And oftentimes, when we find our own solutions, they will most likely be better than what other people can think of. Because if everybody else, the reason why there are injustices around the world is because nobody has that optimal solution yet. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter how much racial injustice we think that we have more than others, there's probably equally as much racial injustice. It's just that we're in a melting pot country, so we see it a lot more. Yeah. So we can't just simply copy paste what some other country did and think that that'll solve it. No, we have to change mm-hmm. the system. If we go back into sports, right, for a second in order to draw a parallel here, we can either copy, like Sean McVay, okay, he could either have copied. What everybody, Sean McVay is the coach for the Rams, by the way, and they have an okay. insanely good offense that runs really mm-hmm. well. He could have either copied what everybody else around him was doing and have an offense that ran okay and was mm-hmm. good, or he could do what he did and basically flip it on his ear and come up with a brand new scheme and innovate in a groundbreaking way and made one of the most dynamic offenses of all time. Yeah. So I think, in terms of injustices, we will eventually, just as humans, we will innovate and come up with a solution mm-hmm. that will make life better. Absolutely. 
yeah it is it is interesting because um at least from what i hear every solution is a form of something that's already been done mm-hmm. right yeah and and that's just not i don't think that's how the world works like if you look at any other issue that the human race has overcome in the past it, rarely is it something that was done in the past it's always something that like one person thought of yeah like a yeah. brand new idea and i think that's what i think that's what it is it's just it's we often have to wait those, for that idea it's often those one ideas that like get the most um backlash because it's so outlandish mm-hmm. but oftentimes it's the one that saves everything yeah absolutely cool cool um all right that wraps up the topics uh halfway done halfway done <laughs> <laughs> um all right qualities Let's uh, run through these real quick. So qualities about yourself. Uh, I'm going to read them off real quick. First. Okay. Uh, competitive, calm and collected. And then in parentheses, Mamba mentality. Uh, third one, think quickly. Come up with responses quickly in a Q&A session. Approach puzzles quickly. Uh, don't celebrate that much. Don't reward yourself until the job is finished. And then the last one is committed. So... Um, Let's start with don't celebrate that much. Okay. Because this is one that I think I can kind of identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talked about it last week, but it's, I guess it's not really celebrate. I, I don't take um, compliments that well. Mm. Like if I do something good and someone like compliments me, I, I just, I don't know how to feel about it. Right. Yeah. I get that. Like, I get that. So what do you mean by celebrate that much? Like, so going back to what you said yeah um let's say let's go up with an example let's say i was in a class and it was the first test of that class and i get 100 percent. yeah i don't like to celebrate that i mm. won't really think about it that much because um job's not finished yet you know i haven't yeah. passed the class yet i haven't really done anything yet Mm-hmm. So people will try to congratulate me like, hey, good job. You got 100% on this test or like, good job. You got 100% on like your midterm, right? But like, mm-hmm. it's not done yet. Um, I still have a long way to go. And um, you'll see that a lot of these qualities are things that I've kind of picked from Kobe. Like I, I said earlier yeah. that um, Kobe's one of my biggest, probably the biggest inspiration that I have. So he had a quote where um, it was the final. So. Um, Harsha may not know this. I'm not sure, Uncle, if you follow basketball that much, but it's not best of all. seven um, in the playoffs. It's not like a one and done like in football. It's a best of seven. Yeah. Whoever gets four wins, um, they advance to the next round. So it was the finals. Uh, the Lakers, Kobe's team, they were up two to nothing, right? So they won two games. Other team didn't win anything yet. And a reporter, Kobe comes up to the um, post-game press conference. He's sitting there yeah. completely dead faced you know yeah, he, yeah he's not a smile i think i have seen the clip yeah. yeah so doesn't have a smile doesn't have anything on it he's super serious and um he's answering all the questions in like the serious tone he's not happy it looks like so yeah. one of the reporters asks him he's like you guys are up to and oh why aren't you celebrating right and kobe goes job not finished you know job the job's not finished yet yeah um and that really stuck with me because instead of preemptively being happy about something that I haven't really accomplished yet, bottle that up mm-hmm. and then when it's done, celebrate 10 times as much 
after you finish Absolutely. it up, after you finish, yeah. after you get that championship, celebrate as much as you want, but don't celebrate in the middle before you've achieved your goals. Mm-hmm. A bit of that is Absolutely. like you, you like believe, you kind of believe you've already done it, right? You get that little burst exactly. Of- if if you going back to the Seahawks, and this is, um, I love Jamal Adams. I love him. He's an amazing player. If you ask me, the trade was worth it. Um, but he was celebrating right after we won the division. You know, he brought his Cuban cigar in the post-game conference. This is before we even went into the playoffs. He mm-hmm. was celebrating that he made the playoffs. And we went to the playoffs. Sure enough, we got eliminated in the very first round. This is last year. And, you know, that right there is an example of preemptive celebration. He was happy that he yeah. made it to the playoffs, but we hadn't won anything yet. We don't get anything for just going to the playoffs, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's an example of, like celebrating a little too early and feeling like you accomplish like harsha said feeling you accomplish something when really you haven't done anything yet yeah obviously it's a great thing that you made the playoffs right like it's amazing uh-huh. that um this is the first time that he's ever been there he's he has a right to be happy but job's not finished mm-hmm. yet yeah absolutely okay so i want to ask you in for your life in general right not like a class or you know your job or whatever when, what is your what or at least what do you think i mean you got like things can change obviously but as of now what do you see as being your point of i did it because like what's cause my final goal I've, basically kind of because the one thing i've seen is the people with that kind of mentality right in mm-hmm. life um not everyone but uh a lot of the like a lot of successful people you see like with that mentality they live their entire life with that drive mm-hmm. and they never reach the point of satisfaction like you're right you win right. like uh the example that comes to mind right now is ksi because i follow him right and he he did a he did a podcast with logan paul and logan paul asked him the same thing like when when are you going to reach the point of saying i did it and like what does that gonna look like right because you win like you get the job that you want say like you know spacex whatever you get the job you want no but then i saw like you know i have to do something at my job exactly yeah you make the product you want to make all right but then how can i improve it you improve the product all right but how can i improve that you retire like or you know, people like this they don't retire right like it's yeah there's, yeah. there's goal like you keep setting goals which is good but when, what is that point of, yes, I did it. Let's pop some champagne. You're right. I um. Or I is there is there a point? I don't or think is I that, have one. I don't think I have one in my mind right now. Is that for you? Is that is that the afterlife for you? Maybe not even afterlife. Um, no. Because even when I go to the afterlife, I would ideally want to do something instead of just sitting down all day. If I do yeah. go to the afterlife, I am challenging Kobe to a one-on-one, and I'm going <laughs> until I beat him. And you will, and you will challenge him every challenge day, him every day him. until I beat him. But the problem is, is that he has that same mentality, so he will, yeah. he will also try a lot harder than me. He will beat me a lot more. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't have a goal. Um, do where you find, I basically say stop? Do you find your happiness lies within that drive? Then, for sure. So this is another quality um, that I see in me. It's the mm-hmm. competitive nature. Um, yeah. we can touch on that right now because it, it ties in with this very much yeah. I am very very competitive no matter mm. what it comes to um, yeah I remember because you always used to claim you were taller than me <laughs> I still am <laughs> uh, I am definitely taller 
well, well taller, actually, six, seven yeah, inches. Quick side note, I just want to say this. I'm going to call you out on it. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you moved to India at the time, right? Yeah. Um, and you messaged me when you were, that you were coming back or whatever. And you just out of the blue or, or something like that, you were just like, by the way, I'm taller than you now. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way. Like, I remember the little kid that was soft. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way. But you were like, dude, the level of confidence. I was like, shit, dude, maybe you just had a growth spurt. <laughs> like, bro, I 100% believed it. I pull up and I see you for the first time. And you were the same size <laughs> always. And I was like, I like, dude, but that's the thing. You have that confidence. You have that mentality of like, you know, being taller than me. I am though now. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I am. I am. Okay. Anyways, we're going back. <laughs> it still kills me to this day. Okay. And that's, that's a crazy thing is I think I do. I just do genuinely think that you believe it. <laughs> I am though. Like, Harsh, you're muted. Harsh, you're muted. You're muted. Harsh, you are talking. You're muted. These two people still stand up next to each other and like try to do the height comparison. Like uh, every time they're. But the... I think we're like probably like around. Such a large, I think we're probably like such around, a large difference. No, I think we're probably like around the same height, and we just each keep saying that we're taller than each other. Dude, it's like something we measured this last week. <laughs> we did measure this last week. Yeah. <laughs> no, because oh like every time, like um whenever we're hanging out with people like we'll ask them like oh who's saw and they're like bro we can't tell are you guys like actually... you both look like the exact same like we cannot tell are you guys actually at the same level now no no he's probably like four foot two or some shit bro i don't know <laughs> <laughs> sorry wrong people to ask <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're asking the wrong people <laughs> Arshie, you have seen us many times next to each other you know the answer no, you sadly, you've successfully gaslit me so many times that I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? Just feign, uh, feign confidence until you actually reach that confidence level. Yeah, you're just gonna right? be taller than Uncle one day. <laughs> I'm taller than Encore. I am taller than Encore. I've been taller than him for almost a year now. There you go. He bro, refuses to bro, admit it. The the day I die, I will be buried five feet deep instead of six feet, just so I'll be taller than. <laughs> all right okay okay getting back into yeah, competitive back to competitive. <laughs> put yeah. that in your will i <laughs> put that in my will i bury me five feet deep and bury sophic six feet deep so i'm higher than him at the end. six feet deeper than that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um competition i think is ingrained in me again back mm-hmm. to take this from jordan and take this from kobe yeah. um and Russell Wilson, but he doesn't show it as much outwardly. Mm-hmm. Um, I a lot of my idols are like sports figures, but um, yeah, I love being competitive, and it's just ingrained in me to always compete. You know, like um, not just even with other people, with myself most of the time. So, for instance, yeah. UW, I didn't get into CS. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm studying ACMS. Uh, CS was my first goal. I didn't get in. I got into ACMS. So that I'm competing with myself to prove to myself that I am good enough to do CS. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So I go, uh, I apply for these internships, I get these internships, and I try to do the best I can in them. And I'm always competing with myself. Like, um, mm-hmm. one of the examples I have that's, um, I've never told this to anybody, but inside of my physics class, I'm with a really good friend in my physics class, right? First semester, uh, first quarter of my uh, freshman year in college. 
And this guy, I've known him since elementary school. I'm in physics class with him. He gets higher than me on, my first, on the first test. Mm-hmm. I think by like two points. We each got like in the 90s and he got higher than me by two points. Yeah. Most people, most sane people would be like, hey, good stuff, good stuff yeah. and celebrate, right? But me, I was like, okay, okay. This guy's never this getting a higher score this guy's than me again. never getting higher than me again and he did not get higher than me again we we took all <laughs> the entire physics series together and i made it a point to get to get higher than him in every single one yeah um if he's watching this podcast i'm sorry hey you you, you still got the a along with me i just got a higher a than you i won't say his name so that he doesn't know if he, i'm talking about him or somebody else but yeah um i love competing um i think Uh like you said it brings along this level of confidence Mm -hmm. by being able to challenge myself more than anybody i i compete with myself more than anybody else yeah right but being able to compete with myself day in and day out and try to get better at anything that Mm -hmm. i do no matter what it is get better at anything that i do it gives me that level of confidence of that task um and it makes me more sure of myself and this mm-hmm. is a quality that other people, I wrote this down in the other section of um, being like, you know, s- strong-minded, sure of what I'm doing. It, 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 it stems from this competitive nature that I have. And this, it, it's, it's a fault and a, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It's a curse in that, again, just like the don't celebrate that much, I'm never done. I mm-hmm. can never turn it off. It's a dial that's, you know, it's like, I turned the key and I threw the key away. You know, yeah. it's on. I can't turn it off. I have to always be competing. Mm. And that could be a fault because eventually one day I'll get to a point where I can't compete anymore. You know, be exactly, physically, yeah. mentally something. I don't know. I haven't reached that point yet. But mm-hmm. I get to a point where I can't and I don't know how I'll be able to take that. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. Um, yeah, you know what they say. Competence is confidence, right? Yeah. No, this it stems from it truly. It, it really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you talk about like Kobe, right? Yeah. Because like, I, at least from I, I don't know much about basketball and stuff, but it seemed pretty obvious. Like he did reach the top of basketball. Yeah, yeah. People but, consider him one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, but he realistically he wasn't he was he wasn't satisfied no way like no way because i think and i think uh his competition then became from himself right like, it was like for sure it's like okay yeah like i beat this record all right but can i beat this can i beat my own records and i think that's what happens a, lo- a lot of start. times um he'll be talking about like how we practice and stuff and it's a lot of times you won't see him thinking about other people that he goes yeah. against he'll be thinking about how he would beat himself and basically play against himself in his own mind yeah. while he's practicing. And then after he's beat himself in his own mind, switch to the other himself that just lost yeah. and then try to beat the other guy. And that level of drive, I, I, I want to have that level of drive because that level, mm-hmm. it's on another level. Yeah, I want to emulate that. But it led him to achieve insane things. Five rings, you know, considered one of the greatest of all mm-hmm. time. Easily, easily my favorite player. And one of the best um, offensive, defensive, look at any point, of, look at any part of the game, he's the best of that. And I think the best scorer of all time, there wasn't a bucket he couldn't get. He would score over, yeah. again, going back to confidence, 
triple teams, quadruple teams. It didn't matter who you threw at him, he would shoot over them in order to get that score. That's awesome. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we talked about don't celebrate that much. We talked about competitiveness. Um, common collected kind of ties into everything. It does tie said. into everything. So when you get um, that level of confidence and you get that level of, um, you know, that competency, you yeah. you just calm. Yeah. Mama mentality. Mama mentality. Yeah, yeah that's it's preach. It's preach. Yeah. Um, think quickly. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, yeah. This one doesn't tie into the other ones as much. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is a quality that I've noticed that I have that mm-hmm. I I really like. Um, I'm thankful that I have this. But it's basically where I'm able to think really quickly on my feet. Yeah. So be it a really hard question in a presentation or something that I don't really have the idea of how mm-hmm. to solve in an interview. I, I, I kind of think of like I have a silver tongue, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like to um, talk about myself. Like my, again, don't celebrate that much, you know, like I don't yeah. try to talk about like my good qualities that much um, because that feels like a form of celebration to me. But for the silver tongue, I'm able to come up with the responses that I think are really good and really satisfactory. The best non-answers I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, like I will, yeah. it'll, it'll sound like it's an answer. Like- like politician type. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like politician type. Like you put like you put confidence behind the words, even if there's no meaning. Behind exactly. Them, right? Exactly. Like exactly. you you say the uh, BS so confidently that they believe it. Yeah. Like Encore is taller than me. I can say that, and he'll actually <laughs> believe it. And I did for a very short amount of time. <laughs> you still believe it to this day that you're taller than me, which is a complete lie. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> Yeah, another guess. It's only harshest segments in here, though. We're cutting yeah. you out. Dude, you'd make a great consultant. <laughs> but yeah, cool. um, yeah. it also feeds into programming and what I do basically every single day in computer science. Mm-hmm. You, you will see many problems that you've <coughs> never seen before in your life, and you have to be able to break it down into its sub-pieces and think about, okay... I have learned XYZ. How can I apply that to this brand new problem that I have never seen before? And you have to think really quickly, especially if you're in the actual industry itself mm-hmm. and there are deadlines and there are, you know, actual goals you have to reach and it will affect the bottom line of your company. You have to be able to be really quick on your feet and decide. Absolutely. And again, back to the mom mentality, at first I probably didn't wasn't able to think that quickly i wasn't able to go as quick on my feet but practice mm-hmm. practice practice do it in and out six seven hours a day you get really used to it and yeah. problem solving puzzle solving interview questions all that stuff in cs come really quick now you know what i really want to see is you take on an escape room escape room you guys yes. went right the other day yeah we did go yeah our squad we went um also, we actually beat it. I don't know if we told you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, yeah, I think we had like 10 minutes to spare or something. Oh, that's lit. Uh, that's lit. It was dope. It was dope. Um, I want to I wanna, I wanna go to an escape room for sure. I've never had the I chance. I would love to. The thing is, I don't think I would be able to go with you if you went. Because <laughs> I would just, like, you just, like, take control of everything. <laughs> like, I already know. See, there's, like, like a switch, right? Um, yeah. In my head, which is, like, okay, when I'm an academic, when I'm doing an internship or something, there's a switch of me, like, okay. We, we focus, we go committed, um, mm-hmm. and we are driven on this one task. 
Yeah. When I'm outside with you guys, when I'm um, having fun, switch goes off. And I'm like, <laughs> don't talk about any of that. Yeah. You know, like, don't talk about academics. Don't talk about CS. Like, if you, if, you, uh, if we're outside, we're playing football, I won't mention anything <laughs> that I'm doing, like any work that I'm doing, any of that. I'm just there to have fun and do that. Yeah. So in the escape room, I'll have to see, will the switch be on or will it be off? Because in one way, um, we'll win the escape room, and the other way, I'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, there's basically, there's two ways it goes. It's either you just absolutely go off and we finish it in like 10 minutes, <laughs> or or, or do us, nothing. Two, us two just make an absolute shit show out of it. That's usually, what, like happens. That's usually <laughs> what happens. That's usually what happens. And then there's just Harsha just crying in a corner, like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Why am I here? Harsha will be the only one actually trying to solve it, and we'll just be like throwing around like the props and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Listen, I may have never done an escape room with you, but we played a lot of we played a lot of like puzzle games together. You've streamed a lot of like narrative games and stuff. It, if it's anything to go by, um, it might not be so much that you complete it, then you're having these discussion sessions like every five minutes and getting really, really deep into something. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I kind of do. I kind of do. Yeah. Like, like when we played like To the Moon or something, it's this narrative like adventure game, right? I, I can't recall the amount of times we just stop and we're just like analyzing the plot, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Learn that where goes it's back going. To, like, breaking it down into like, um, it's a topic that we've been talking about a lot on this podcast of like going into a topic and breaking it down into like what worked well and right. stuff. We do that a lot when we we're playing games. I'm sure yeah. the sheer amount of times you do it too, including like film study and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that plays into your confidence in the future. Because for sure, for sure, you build, yeah. you build up so much of a like a, a body of knowledge, right? And you've applied it so many times that you've kind of built a template, right? Of how to approach your sure, problems. Yeah. Like, you can fall back onto that yeah. and be like, I know I've been in this I've been here before, you know. Right, because after a yeah, while it, it's not even like a new problem, right? It, you're just trying to find the paradigm that Exactly. You have to break it down into something that you already know, you already understand, and right. then you just apply that. Yeah, absolutely. It's um it's something in law enforcement that's really prevalent with like self defense or defensive tactics, right? It's all about or like just like even if you just like look at uh, martial arts of any kind, uh, boxing, any of that. It's all about your muscle memory, right? If you, like, you can, like, I've, I've seen boxers that, like, in training, they look phenomenal. They look like, like, they, they look like, they look better than Mayweather in training, right? But you see them in the ring, and when you're in the ring and all the adrenaline's pumping and all that, everything goes to shit. And it's what, it's how much they actually trained that shows. It's how much you can tell who's put actual reps into a fight it's the same with like law enforcement um a lot of the um a lot of the police brutality stuff you see right like the george floyd um knee on the neck right at the end of the day beyond the racial issues and the shitty cop that it was um it's it's a failure in training like i've done the move that he was trying to do on george floyd and none of the zero percent of the times that I've done that move has my knee ever been on the neck. Because when you do it in training, it's on their back or like, you know, the positioning is very important. Right. But and you can tell that in the heat of the moment or whatever it was, this cop did not do that move the way it was meant to be done. Because heat of the moment, whatever the stress and he does it wrong. And then someone gets killed because of it. For right? sure. Yeah. Like, and it comes down to having that muscle memory for whatever it is. 
For sure. And like going back to sports, like let's say a practice session is from five to seven. Everybody will come to that practice session from five to seven. Everybody. But on the actual court, on the actual field, the ones who do the best are the ones who come three hours earlier and stay two hours yeah. later and put in Absolutely. that extra time, put in that extra work. Yeah. There's that, um, there's actually like a YouTube clip I saw of like someone talking about like Kobe, right? And before the game or whatever, right? He saw like Kobe's there like hours before. Oh yeah, no, Just, he's it's and, so many of those stories. That man, yeah, he has the best work ethic I've ever seen out of anybody. And the, what I respect about him the most is that even after basketball, once he retired, he applied that same work ethic, that same level of confidence that we're talking about to business as well. Yeah, and um, and he was a very successful businessman. Very right? successful, and he insane. he would be. He would easily be multi-billionaire, I think, by now if he hadn't uh, passed away because he had some big plans that came out, mm-hmm. um, like a shoe company that was going to be like co-owned by players that um, because Nike was apparently like um, ripping them off in terms of their shoe deals and stuff. So he mm-hmm. wanted to make a new shoe company and such, and he just had so many ideas, and he put his heart and soul into every single one of them. Yeah, it's crazy. Um Cool. All right. Uh, so that covers the qualities um, from your perspective. Now, mm-hmm. outwards in, uh, I'm going to be through them. People skills, outgoing, academic, um, and always helpful, strong-minded, and conflict-wary slash easygoing. So um, academic, I think we've covered. Strong-minded. We've covered, covered uh, basically. Yeah. Within, yeah. Within academic, though, I do want to talk about the always helpful part. Yeah, so this may go a little bit of against the competitive quality that I talked about, but I can talk about that a little bit. So if you ask me for help mm-hmm. in uh, like an academic setting, like you don't understand something. For instance, like one of my really good friends from India, um, Harsha was there in the call. He hit me up. He's like, hey, I need some help with this um, this program that I'm doing. he's doing like a master's program in bioinformatics and he basically needed help with some CS questions. Mm It'd be very easy for me to just say no. But I try to go out of my way and if anybody asks me for help, I will almost always say like, yeah, let's break it down to the best Mm -hmm. of my ability. And that makes them better and it makes me have a deeper understanding of the subject as well because I have this own preconceived notion of when I read something, how it looks in my head, but trying to say it out loud, I realize a lot of the times that, you know, some some of those, let's think of information as like blocks. And each of those yeah. blocks can have a link in between them. I have all the blocks in my head, but those mm-hmm. links in between that connect everything together, it might not be as obvious to me until I say it out loud and I'm trying to teach it to somebody else. Absolutely. So not only does it make them better, but it makes me better, which is why... Mm-hmm it's good for me with my, comp- with my competitive drive because mm-hmm. it makes all of us better at that certain skill set. Yeah. So Kobe goes think- out and wins a championship, right? Yeah. But it's not just Kobe, right? He has a team behind him. For sure, for sure. Do you think that like plays into it for you in that, hey, your team is your friends, right? And you're driven to win. Kobe's driven to win. Um, um, but like, he can't win unless everyone else around him is also winning, right? For sure, yeah. And this is a big thing that, like, you know, Kobe talked about, Jordan talked about to a huge extent of, like, um, obviously I'm not as good as those guys in anything, really. Um, I'm not comparing myself to them, but I'm trying to talk about mm-hmm. what I pulled from their lives into my own personality that I want to emulate. Um, 
Jordan has a lot of these examples of where he would treat every single one of his teammates like shit in practice. Okay, he would be really hard on them. Even the slightest mistakes that they would feel or that they would do, he would be on them real quickly and be like, you know, yelling at them, cursing them out, you know, all that. But by the time that they were going to the playoffs, each and every single one of them, they wanted to please Michael Jordan and they got so good because of him being so hard on them Mm -hmm. that when they got to the playoffs, that team was unstoppable. Yeah, And so his drive to win fed into him being hard on his teammates. And when you do that, you pull not only your teammates up, but you and your entire organization up at the same time by teaching them and being hard on them. And that's what made him so dominant. Same thing with Kobe. He would be super hard on his teammates. A lot of people say that he's an asshole. Um, A lot of his teammates who didn't win a ring with him hate him. But every single one that won a ring with him won that championship with him, stuck through it because a lot of people couldn't handle it and they would just request a mm-hmm. trade and get out of there. But those that stuck with him and won those championships, they said that he was probably the best teammate that they ever had because he wouldn't accept anything less than their best. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing, um, a big thing with people that are competitive, right? There's there's some people that, like for one, they their strategy of being on top is to push others down right yeah yeah like there's there's people that that like like you where you're competitive but you're gonna you're gonna be the best by also help you're still gonna help people right you're gonna help people you're gonna help people come up and then you're gonna compete with them right it's like that exactly i mean and it it's no fun if you just push other people down you know like yeah if you push everybody down you don't change you stay the same if you want to get better everybody has to be on your level and then you can get even better than what you are right now yeah i feel that's like being an example right you set the example and then and then if you if you want to do what uh was it what jordan jordan yeah jordan yeah if you want to do what jordan does i mean if he if he was a shit player and he was acting that way (laughs) and he was acting like that no way that goes through (laughs) right like he would be called an asshole and i think that would just be his legacy right but you know he he he's an all-time great and he has like he can be that way because he is that way and so they he wants everyone to rise up to his level right there was a quote that they talked about in the last dance this is a documentary amazing documentary it's about jordan his time with the chicago bulls and stuff um that's where he won six rings um but basically he said that i would never ask my teammates to do something that i wouldn't do myself yeah he's setting that example of saying that i if i can do it there's no reason why you guys shouldn't be able to mm-hmm. absolutely yeah right. leading by example and it's also like you if you go to the top by pushing people down then it's just like, there's no fun. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's no fun. Like, if you, like, you want to have fun. You go to the top and you just, like, kicked all your friends down on the way. And now you're just at the top. But, like, who, like, you, if you do reach that, like, point of I did it, you look around and who are you celebrating with? Exactly. You can't, right? you can't celebrate. You have no friends with you. You're at the top and there's nothing for you to do. Versus mm-hmm. you pull your friends up with you. Yeah. You feed that and, drive. That drive stays alive. You have a purpose and you still have your friends. Yeah, and in the context of like innovation, right? And I was talking to Nishu yesterday that I was going to have you on, and since you're you're a student at UW, and I I promised I might, wouldn't do another UW rant because I've done too many of them <laughs> on this podcast. But like, especially in like computer science and stuff, right? 
you need people to work together. That's how you innovate, right? That's how you get new ideas is people talking. And that's something that UW doesn't really, in my opinion, cultivate. They cultivate a very competitive atmosphere. Right. But yeah. Like, but that's the thing, right? Like everyone's competing with each other, but if everyone's, <clears throat> if everyone's going up together, everyone reaches that level. And now you just have like 10 people that are all like incredibly intelligent working together and solving issues versus, why, yeah, exactly. Versus like, say you don't help your classmate, right? Now you're at SpaceX, but you have no one to help you. And you have this, like, you have to figure out how to make a more efficient, like propellant or whatever. And now you're doing it on your own. Exactly. Yeah. So YouTube gets a lot of like, you know, backlash for this because of how competitive yeah. it is to get into a major and that every single class curved um, and mm -hmm. you have to compete with everybody for everything, you know, like a 90% almost never guarantees a 4-0 in that class. It's always like 97, 98. Um, and often, t sometimes they won't even give out a 4-0 because of mm -hmm. if the class is very high. Like I remember inside of uh, one of my classes, um, this was a math class. I got a 98 in that class and that was a 3-9. Wow. Um, no, no, it wasn't 3 It was a 3-8. Because... <laughs> You know, that's just how how um, how good everybody in that class was. And so what happens is that while you're in UW, it may feel like horrible. But then you get out into mm -hmm. real life and you realize that by competing every single day at everything mm -hmm. you do, you honed your skills to such a degree that whenever you face a problem in the real world, be it programming, be it um, people skills, whatever, you have that foundation and you've already been there and competed in order to learn that. So you have that confidence and you have the skills. So that's why you know, UW is a yeah. top five CS school in the, in the country because of that. Mm -hmm. There's some who would say yeah. that, like to that point, there would, there's some who would say that that is not a positive environment for learning, right? If, if you're yeah. getting everyone, like, like particularly because uh, there's very little room to fail. Exactly. So what, exactly. what would you say to that? I agree to a certain extent to that. So a lot of, it, it depends again on your mindset. So with somebody like my mindset where I love competing and competing is what drives me is what I, I wake up and I think compete, compete, right? It's, it's a good environment for me to be in mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it, it facilitates this natural level of competition and it makes people want to compete each other while also bringing everybody up at the same time but for yeah. other people who are just there to learn the material and such it's a horrible horrible environment mm -hmm. you know well particularly the point about failure right yeah you know you can't fail like if you get one bad test score and everybody else does well because they're competing the curve will kill you and your grade in that class is dead and because yeah. it's the quarter system it's a lot faster than the semester system mm -hmm. and so Things go real fast in UW. You only got ten weeks to learn versus fifteen in like a semester school. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, almost like you you basically got five weeks, and then you're hitting with midterms and then exam, 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 and then final. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. Like the first three weeks introductory, you basically learn nothing, and then it ramps up four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're learning a lot and you're taking a lot of tests and there's a lot of homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people would say that you learn a lot through failure, right? How do you sure. how do you yeah. think UW could incorporate more of that into into the way they're run? So I think that UW as a so other 
departments that are non-injuring, non-science-based, they don't curve their classes as much. And you see this level of you fail, okay, that's good. You go ahead and you can talk to your professor and you can, um, you know, you can learn about what you did wrong and you can build on that so the next time you don't make that mistake. Mm -hmm. The thing about the engineering classes is that oftentimes in the real world, if you fail, it's horrible. You can't afford to fail. If you're on a NASA uh, team and you do a failure, it will cost lives. And so for a lot of people who are studying like aeronautical engineering or something in UW, that may seem jarring coming right out of high school where failure is, you know, acceptable. And you'd learn the most out of failure too. But better to fail now in university than when you're making an actual rocket. And, you know, incorporation of that failure and being able to recognize your shortcomings before you actually fail, that's kind of what UW wants you to learn. So understand your limitations, right? When you're first starting the class, you have some sort of knowledge base. Right before you go into a test, you'll have an idea of what your knowledge base is. You have an understanding of what you know, and you may not know what you don't know. So being able to understand what I don't know, being able to first identify what I don't know, and then going out and asking the professor, because that right there is a mini failure, you not knowing something, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to solve those mini failures as they arise up will automatically solve that bigger failure of maybe like flunking a test or something, just because you were able to identify and diagnose earlier on in the pipeline versus later down. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to start wrapping things up because we're getting pretty far in to our yeah, time it's uh um, i haven't eaten lunch yet and i am starving <laughs> i have not eaten yeah. a thing all day <laughs> the sun's going down <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you're on a, you're a different time zone so um all right so now that we've gone through all the lists what is what is one thing that's like maybe not on either list either any of your lists what's like one thing that you wish or it could be something that's like on one of your lists for yourself what's one thing that you i guess we kind of talked about it in the one word interview but more specifically, what is one thing that you want people to see out of you? Mm. I think that's a good question, you know, because um, even I've touched on this a little bit, making this list, it gives me an interesting perspective into my own life and what mm. I've done so far and what I want to do. And so if you ask me, what do people, what do I want other people to see? Mm-hmm. I can keep all the competitive stuff, all of the um, don't celebrate that, uh, that much, being yeah. committed to whatever I'm doing to myself, mm -hmm. right? That is to make me better as a person. To other people, yeah. I just want them to see me as like a friendly guy that they can come and talk to whenever they want, you know, be helpful. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because all that competition, all that stuff, that's in my head. That's for me. Yeah. That's to make me better at being a friend, being better mm -hmm. at being able to help other people. Yeah. Going back to the good you know try to do good in life and then whether there's an afterlife or not you'll be remembered yeah absolutely all right yeah well said well said um <clears throat> let's see uh is there all right yeah so now to wrap it up what so i kind of mentioned this in i mentioned this in previous episodes you know uh giving information not advice um you know you're you want you want to give people 
I'm going to use the word advice, but like you want to give people like advice, but when people give advice, they're always give it from their own perspectives. Right. Yeah. Like you give advice based on how you approach something, but that's not always going to work for other people. So you want to give people information and allow them to make the decision on how they use it. Yeah. So what is a piece of information you want to give to everyone? I think I can give this piece of information because it's helped me out a mm -hmm. lot. Um, so we've yeah. talked about this a lot about how I like to break down everything, be it sports, mm -hmm. be it the games I'm playing, be it whatever I'm doing into its yeah. smallest bits and be curious. Why does that work? Why does this go through? Why does this, you know, um, why does this strategy work versus another versus another yeah. one? And so if I had to give a piece of advice, I'm sorry, a piece of information, not advice. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say be curious. If if I was to use a quote that Kobe said, Kobe's a big topic in this podcast. I just yeah, talked about it a lot. <laughs> but um, think like a little kid because little kids always ask why. You know, they're always like, why does this happen? Why does this work? You have this natural sense of curiosity and amazement into everything that you see, Right. Mm -hmm. so keep that as you grow older and you'll understand everything at a deeper level and be more confident in everything you do and more skilled at it awesome so be curious be like a little kid cool um all right now do you have any questions for me before we wrap it up questions for you mm -hmm. okay this is interesting um See, I want to ask a question for sure. I want to leave you empty-handed, you know? Why are you shorter I'm, than me? Yeah, why are you shorter than me, Encore? <laughs> like, why, why are you just not as physically able? Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> you say that to the guy who actually enlisted in the military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything? Oh, I thought that was it. I thought we actually... That's oh, that, was that was your question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were going to end it off on a joke, okay? <laughs> All right, Uncle, what's the answer? That's the answer. That is it. That's it. The question is the answer. I don't know what that means, but... Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's deep. That's deep. See? Be curious. Why did Uncle say that? Break it down, listeners. Yeah. You can understand. <laughs> Such a shitty conclusion. To this episode. I don't know what to say. <laughs> it is what it is. That's how we're going to end it. Um, Sothic, do you have anything you want to plug? Do I want to plug? Yeah. Uh, hey, my brother is making music. It's amazing. It's really good. I'm really proud of him. I love the music that he's making. Uh, go ahead, check him out. Sumay Chinta on basically everything. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, he's on YouTube as well. Go check out his music. He loves making it day in, day out. Practice, practice, practice. Mom mentality. He's always downstairs, like, you know, with his keyboard, his microphone, mm -hmm. talking about that. So check that out. Awesome. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Sophic, thank you for being here. For sure, for sure. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, make sure you guys go comments, you know, let us know what you think. Let me know what you think about Harsha being here as my, like, you know, backup. Um, if you don't like him, it's fire. And I don't mind firing him. It's whatever. Um, <laughs> I uh, say firing. I don't, it's not like you're actually, it's not like I pay you. So <laughs> um, uh, he's yeah. unpaid. He's like an unpaid intern right now. 
yeah 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 that's 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 the title right now it's the working title <laughs> um let me know I if you guys want me back on the on the show absolutely yeah dude absolutely triple um, uh, triple host you know like we, we all three of us interview host. one dude <laughs> <laughs> poor poor guests at that point <laughs> just, no, now it just becomes one of our hangouts and you both it is are just here one, yeah and we're both Honestly. here so the energy nah nah <laughs> i'll have to have i'll have to have some people from the minkies though i will have to have some more people the Minkies, yeah for sure yeah um but yeah thank you guys for listening uh, go check out Southwick's brother on YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. Go check out his music, show it some love. Um, go show my YouTube channel some love. Blank Perception at Blank Perception on Instagram. You know, stay up to date with all the videos, YouTube, Spotify, all the stuff. <laughs> this is a terrible plug. I'm just gonna end it. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. Bye bye, guys.